0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, coming to you solo for the first time in a long time, but it's good to be back. We are going to continue our NFL division breakdown, starting today with the NFC North, specifically the Chicago Bears, who last year went 5-11, fourth in the NFC North. They had first-round draft pick Roquan Smith linebacker out of Georgia with the eighth overall pick they had Allen Robinson and Trey Burton in the offseason we'll talk about Mitch Trubitsky first 2,193 yards completed 59.4 percent of his passes seven touchdowns seven interceptions he only threw for over 300 yards just once and only threw for over 200 yards just twice last season so I don't like him anywhere near my fantasy team I do like his new weapons I think A-Rob and Trey Burton will be good additions I think Matt Nagy hopefully. should be able to get this offense to spread it a little bit more and get men out of the box. But I think there's so many other viable quarterbacks out in the league that you don't need to risk risk it with a uh, Mitch Trubisky. And then we'll talk about Allen Robinson who tore his ACL just three snaps into 2017. He's shown that he can be a premier receiver in 2015. He went off for 80 receptions, 1400 yards, 14 touchdowns. The injury happened so early into 2017. I think he should be good to go, but ACL tears are always worrisome. The quarterback play is obviously a question mark. What this offense will even look like is a question mark. He's going somewhere late in the fourth round. Um, if he somehow slips, I think he has a decent amount of upside should he just become a target hog in this offense. Then we'll talk about the running game. Jordan Howard, 1,122 yards, averaged 4.1 yards per carry, nine touchdowns, 23 receptions, and 125 receiving yards. He nearly had 300 touches last year. The offense ran it, ran it, and ran it some more. And it really led to Howard facing a lot of eight man boxes. It kind of reminded me a lot of Adrian Peterson in his heyday. You know, ideally, the additions of A Rob and Matt Nagy will help make this offense a little more pass friendly. But, you know, Howard has never really been a good receiver, and I don't think that's likely to turn around. And so I think he's going to lose some passing down work to Tariq Cohen. But I still like him to get a far majority of the touches in the goal line, short yardage work, first and down work, uh, you name it. So I still like him as a very capable running back, too. Uh, last year, he went running back 15 in 2017 for scoring purposes. Trey Burton really quick has a small chance, I think, to crack tight end one production. He could be a decent you know, middle of the field weapon for Trubisky. And just with how little the depth uh, for tight end is around the league, he's definitely worth a, a name. He's definitely a name worth mentioning. And as far as the 2018 season for the Bears, it's going to be interesting to see how Mitch reacts av- after his first year with Nagy. This defense still has plenty of talent, I think, which will help, but you gotta play the Vikings twice, you gotta play Aaron Rodgers twice, you gotta play the Lions twice, which are are a good team. And I think this team is really more likely to go six and ten than make the playoffs. Then we'll talk about the Lions, who last year went nine and seven, second in the NFC North. They had coach Matt Patricia over from New England. They had first round draft pick Frank Ragno, center from Arkansas with the 20th overall pick. Notable addition would be LeGarrette Blunt over from the Eagles. Matt Stafford threw for 4,446 yards, completed 65.7% of his passes, 29 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. The Lions return a very similar offense that they had in 2017, which makes things a little easier from a prediction standpoint. We know that they will be throwing a lot, that they currently do not have the personnel to establish a dominant running game. I think considering he's how low he's going in drafts, which is lower than where he finished in 2017, which was QB seven. I like his price and I like his chances of having another top 12 quarterback season. And we'll talk about his receiving options. Golden Tate, 92 receptions, 1,003 yards, five touchdowns in 2017 for overall wide receiver 12 production. Uh, The slot man had another 90 reception season. I think he again returns as a consistent weapon. It is his contract year. So that'll hopefully give him even more incentive to, work hard and produce. I like him for wide receiver, you know, high wide receiver three, low wide receiver two and production. Um, Obviously he's never going to get the big plays that uh, his counterpart Marvin Jones does. But as far as if you're in a PPR league, he's gold. And then we'll talk about Marvin Jones, 61 receptions, 1,101 yards, nine touchdowns. He finished ninth in receiving yards. He led the league in receiving yards per reception he's the medium he's the deep threat he's clearly the wide receiver one with tate staying in the slot you think you can get him actually at a discount in the late fourth late fourth early fifth round of your drafts he was wide receiver 10 in 2017 and uh, i personally like marvin jones he's already been shredding raiders cornerbacks and joint practices seeing a lot of good things in the offseason so i really like him at what i feel like is a value uh draft pick and then really quick about this running game, rookie carry on Johnson, I think, looks to get the first crack of the carries. The Lions traded up to 43 to get him, so it's likely that they're going to try to get uh, get some use out of him. He did well at Auburn, and I think maybe long-term he might be able to provide that consistent running game that the Lions have been desperate for for a while now. But I think that for now it's definitely a true committee. I mean, they, add, they still have LeGarrette Blount. I think he's going to get the goal line work. I think he's going to get the short down yardage work. I think he's even going to get the you know first and second down work whenever they're uh, significantly ahead and need to run out the clock. And then you obviously still have Theo Riddick, who's going to hog all the passing down work. So I don't know how much is going to be left for Kerryon Johnson. I think the best ceiling of the three, but I still don't like anyone in this uh, running game, and I will be fading all of them. And as far as the 2018 season, I never really like a team that's clearly one-dimensional. I think this O-line should be a little better. I think they need to create a consistent run game so that way Matt Stafford stays off his back. So I like the Lions to go 7-9. and nine. And then we'll switch to the Green Bay Packers, who last year went 7-9 and nine for third in the NFC North. They had first-round draft pick Jair Alexander, cornerback out of Louisville. Add Jimmy Graham in the offseason and lose on Jordy Nelson. Discount double-check his back after breaking his collarbone. Aaron Rodgers is by far the most talented quarterback I think I've ever seen. Um, and possibly, really ever to play the game loses his go-to receiver in Jordy Nelson, but I think gains a giant receiver in Jimmy Graham. I know, I don't, I never really think it matters who Aaron Rodgers is throwing to. He's shown the ability to make anybody he throws to a star. I think he's easily the quarterback one off the board, and one I would actually take somewhat early in drafts, probably around that late fourth, early fifth round, um, just because of how consistent of a quarterback one quarterback to score he has been over the years and his main receiving option Devontae adams last year had 74 receptions 885 yards 10 touchdowns you know considering he played with brett hunley for nine games i think 10 touchdown receptions is pretty damn good And also nearly 900 yards is good as well. So at 6'1", 215 pounds, I think he's a big receiver in the red zone that he's been given the Packers blessing with a four-year, $58 million deal. I think anyone around Rodgers is going to put up good fantasy numbers, and he's the number one option. So I like him as wide receiver seven off the board. And then Jimmy Graham, 57 receptions, 520 yards, 10 touchdowns with his final year in Seattle. He led the league in red zone targets. He stands at a massive 6'7". 265 pounds. The upside's clearly there. He's a giant receiver with the game's best quarterback, but I think there's a little bit of concern with his overall mobility and a little bit of concern with how much the Packers who really don't often use a tight end in their offensive schemes really even want to use him. But I still like him as a top seven tight end really only firmly behind Gronk, Kelsey and Ertz. You can convince me to go even higher just based off that raw TD upside that he has and to go switch it over to the running game jamal williams 556 yards four touchdowns 3.6 yards per carry to go along with 25 receptions 262 yards and two touchdowns he averaged over 20 touches per game in the back half of the season i think he showed pretty good consistency he didn't fumble he had no off the field concerns like his counterpart aaron jones the packers don't really have the most consistent run game but I think they'll likely look to Williams to close out games in which they're ahead. He doesn't really have the speed Jones does have, which could be his downfall, but I still still think he's worth a mid-round pick as someone who can crack 20 touches uh, per game production here and there. And as far as the 2018 season, I think with Rodgers back healthy, this team will really go as far as he takes them. They do have some tough away games at Rams, at Patriots, at Vikings, and just a generally improved NFC North. I think makes me believe they will miss out on a buy and uh, not win the division. I like uh, the next team we will talk about, but I see the Packers going 10 and six this year and uh, getting a wild card spot. And then to switch it over to the Vikings, who last year went 13 and three for first in the NFC North, lost to the Eagles in the NFC championship. They had first round draft pick Mike Hughes at quarterback at a UCF. Captain Kirk in the off season, they lose Jerk McKinnon Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. So So let's talk about Kirk Cousins, 4,093 yards, completed 64.3% of his passes, 27 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, signs a three-year, $84 million deal with the Super Bowl caliber team and two top 20 wideouts in the game. I think Captain Kirk likes that. I think he should thrive in this environment. He's got the best weapons he's ever had. He's got the best defense he's ever had. He's got better coaching than he's ever had. I think you give him a promising running game and with Dalvin Cook. And I think this offense is going to be phenomenal. I think he's easily a top 12 quarterback off the board for me. He's got high touchdown upside. And I think he might be the final push that this team needs to make it to the big game. To talk about his receiving options, we'll start with Stephon Diggs, who last year had 64 receptions, 849 yards, eight touchdowns. He's been hampered by groin injuries in the past couple of seasons, but I still think he had a great season by most wide receiver standards. And I assume he can finally just stay healthy. I think he really has the talent and the role to easily get a 1,000-yard season, have a top 15 wide receiver season. I like him as wide receiver 12, just beyond his counterpart, Adam Thielen, who last year had 91 receptions, 1,276 yards and four touchdowns. He was fifth in the league in yards in 2017. Really, his only negative mark were his touchdowns, which are bound to regress up to the more healthier mean of six to eight, given his red zone targets, of which there were 17 of them. He can line up anywhere on the field. He's, for, which is important for receivers, so that way he can't get shadowed uh, by premier cornerbacks. Now he's got Kirk Cousins at the helm, which I, which most people believe is an upgrade. I think the sky is the limit for Adam Thielen. I like him as wide receiver ten. He was wide receiver nine in twenty seventeen, and to switch it to this run game, Dalvin Cook three hundred fifty four yards, four point eight yards per carry, two touchdowns, eleven receptions, ninety yards. I think the the rookie was off to a pretty hot start in twenty seventeen before tearing his left ACL. I like the offense he's in, which will likely be ahead of in most games. I think they're going to be running the ball quite a bit when they are. I think his injury is a big one. Obviously, like I said before, these ACL injuries are always worrisome. Uh, even after, even if it was early on in the season, they've had plenty of time to rehab. Reports have said that he's ready to go. He's completely fine, so that's, what, that's a good thing. His O-line has a little bit of concerns, and Latavius Murray's role, though, kind of also scares me a little bit. So I think all those factors – Kind of lead me to, he's not a safe first round draft pick. I think he's a solid second round pick for me, but he's usually gone by then. I think he still has the upside of being a first round draft pick in leagues. But uh, for me, I will be waiting until the second round, but he's usually gone by then. So what makes a Super Bowl caliber team to me is an elite defense, a competent quarterback, and a running game that can run the ball against anyone and anywhere I think this team has all of those. It's hard for me not to look at this roster and think they won't make it back to the NFC championship. I'll say they go 11-5, win the NFC North, and if injuries can stay away, I think they have a big chance to go to the big game, the Super Bowl. All right, now let's talk about the NFC West. We'll start with the Cardinals, who last year went 8-8 eight and eight for third in the NFC West. They had 1st round draft pick Josh Rosen from UCLA with the 10th overall picks. Bruce Arians retires, and Steve Wilks becomes the new head coach. They had Sam Bradford in the offseason. So we'll talk about Sammy Sleeves. He's coming off another lost season due to a left knee injury. He's torn that ACL in his left knee twice. He's had it scoped out. There's a good degree of concern if he can even stay healthy in 2018. But when he has been healthy, he's led the league in completion percentage with the amount of checkdowns he does – I don't see Bradford staying healthy for all of 2018 behind a bad O-line, but I think that checkdown percentage is going to be important for the next player I want to talk about, which is Larry Fitzgerald, who last year had 109 receptions, 1,156 yards, six touchdowns. He's 35 years old. I think, I think he's going to benefit from the addition of Bradford, who likes to check it down. I mean, we know Fitz works out of the slot. I think he's going to get a ton of receptions, a ton of yards, really the only – a uh, bad part I like I don't like about this offense is I don't see them putting up a lot of points. Um, while I don't like Sam Bradford anywhere near my fantasy team, I do like Larry Fitz's chances of being out there racking up a ton of targets, a ton of receptions, a ton of yards in a lot of games in which they will probably be behind. So I don't think there's any other receivers on that team that will really challenge him to take any work from him. I like, I really like Larry Fitzgerald as a top fifteen receiver off the board, uh, which is crazy despite his uh, his age. So we'll talk about David Johnson, who looks to return as one of the premier running backs in the league. He suffered a dislocated wrist in twenty seventeen that ended his year. Steve Oakes has already promised to make him a make this team a run first offense, so that's good. Um, I think there's not really many players behind DJ who will steal any of his uh, workload. So Hopefully he can return to that 2016 uh, season. You know, Hopefully he can return to his 2016 self and be the three down bell cow running back that people were used to. I like him as running back three off the board, mainly just because, like I mentioned earlier, I don't see this team ahead a lot. I don't see them running the ball as, as much when they're down. Um, and I don't, I just don't see this offense putting up that much points compared to the Steelers compared to the Rams in which you have Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. So I like him as number running back three off the board. And in terms of the 2018 season, you got quarterback question marks, you got a bad O line. I think you got the worst division. You got the worst roster in the division. I think this team goes four and 12 and misses the playoffs in a developmental year. So then let's talk about the Rams who last year went 11 and five for first in the NFC West. They had Brandon Cooks in the offseason lose Sammy Watkins and Tavon Austin which I think is actually a little bit important, and I'll get to that later. So Jared Goff, 3,804 yards, 28 touchdowns to 7 interceptions, 62.1 completion percentage. He, he led the league in yards per completion at 12.9. He's had he's yet to add too much value with his legs, which I think is keeps his value from going too high. I think Goff should be a decent QB to add at the t- tail end of your drafts. He was quarterback 12 in 2017. I like him pretty much around there, around quarterback 12 or so off the board. And then we'll talk about Todd Gurley. Last year, the number one overall score in fantasy, 1,305 rushing yards, 4.7 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns to go along with 64 receptions, 788 receiving yards, and six receiving touchdowns. I think he benefited from Sean McVay's system and more importantly, just benefited from losing Jeff Fisher. He was a three-down back last year. He should be a three-down back this year. This team returns all five O-line starters. I really see no reason why Gurley shouldn't have another great season. I like him as running back two off the board, and there's some pretty good arguments as to why he should be the number one pick in uh, fantasy, but I like him just a little bit behind Le'Veon Bell. Brandon Cooks has had three straight 1,000-yard seasons. I think he benefited from having Brady and Breeze throwing to him. I still think he's going to lead the the team in targets, but – He might not provide the same consistency as he did in New England and New Orleans, just with the amount of options there are around him. I mean, obviously you have Todd Gurley, you have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup, who likes to work out of the slot and garner targets. So I just don't see that. I think there's a legit, you know, I think there's some worries that maybe there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And maybe he doesn't put up the same production that people are used to. So I like Robert Woods as a decent bye week fill in. He had fifty six receptions, seven hundred eighty eight, seven hundred eighty one yards, five touchdowns. He's really the third option, but you know just with the chances of defenses doubling cooks, I uh, always thinks always gives Robert Woods the chance of a breaking a big one out for a touchdown. Um, so he's really more of a bye week fill in, and you know if anything happens to the other receivers, uh, you know could propel himself into a bigger role like him around wide receiver 35 and Cooper Cup 62 receptions, 869 yards, five touchdowns. He led the team in receptions and yards, smart working out of the slot. But I think he's also going to be a decent bye week fill in around a little bit above Robert Woods around wide receiver 32. So I think for 2018, the addition of Brandon Cooks should make this offense even more powerful. I think an under, another year under his belt for Jared Goff should be good i like this team to go 10-6, and six, win the NFC West, and hopefully have a better postseason than they did in 2017. And on to the San Francisco 49ers, who last year went 6-10 and 10 for fourth in the NFC West. They had first-round draft pick Mike McGlinaghy, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. They had Jimmy Garoppolo in the midseason 2017 trade, in case you forgot about that. They had Jarek McKinnon in the offseason and lose Carlos Hyde. So... Jimmy G, the Crimson Chin, 1,560 yards, completed 67.4% of his passes, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He went pretty much 5-0 after the trade in games in which you would consider he started. Um, He learned quickly under Kyle Shanahan's offense, and now he has a full offseason under his belt. Um, I think this team should even have more experience. The weapons really aren't great, so I like him more around quarterback 12 to 14 or so, somewhere around that range. Then you'll talk about Jarek McKinnon, 570 yards, 3.8 yards per carry, three touchdowns, 51 receptions, 421 yards, two touchdowns. Signed to the 49ers on a four-year, $30 million offseason deal. I think in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which has been pretty fantasy friendly, if you do not, if you forget, he was the one who was coaching the Falcons and the and pretty much created the Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman uh, duo. I love McKinnon's chances of having a great season, assuming he can stay healthy with all the work he's about to get. Um, I really like him as a running back 12 who has a considerable ceiling. And then Pierre Garcon, 40 receptions, 500 yards. He's 32 years old. He suffered a year ending neck injury in 2017, but he was on pace for 144 targets, assuming he can stay healthy, which, assuming he can stay healthy, he should again thrive in the slot. And I like this offense to be one of the kind of more undervalued offenses in the league. I like Garcon to be a big part of that offense. And so I would take around wide receiver 30 or so. But I think he's actually going to put up a top 20 wide receiver season. Uh, But you don't have to draft him that early just because you don't need to reach that far. And then as far as the other weapons, Marquise Goodwin flashed a little bit last year with Garcon injured. 56 receptions, 962 yards, two touchdowns. He has actual track speed, so I think he's always going to be the down-the-field threat. But with the return of Garcon, he's really more of uh, an inconsistent fantasy football option. He reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson. And then George Kittle should have a decent role in this offense. At 6'4", I like him to lead the team in red zone targets. The first week of the preseason started last night, and uh, he did get injured, but the reports say that all his x-rays were negative, so that's good. Uh, so considering you can pretty much get him for nothing in drafts, I kind of like him to potentially sniff a top 12 tight end season, making him a tight end one. And in terms of a, for the 49ers season, I think Jimmy G at the helm gives this team a real chance to return to success. I think the Cardinals are still rebuilding. I think the Seahawks are no longer the elite team they used to be. I think Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G can lead this team to an 8-8, eight and eight, maybe a 9-7 and seven season, which would be far better than the 6-10 and 10 season that they had last year. And we'll finish this up with the Seattle Seahawks who last year went nine and seven for second in the NFC West. They had Brandon Marshall in the offseason. They lose Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett. They add first round draft pick Rashad Penny, 27th overall pick running back out of San Diego state. I think this offense is going to have to score a lot to really keep up in games. And, We'll start with Russell Wilson, who last year had 3,983 yards, completed 61.3% of his passes, 34 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, to go along with 586 rushing yards and three touchdowns. I think he put the team on his shoulders in 2017. He not only threw over 550 times, but he also led the team in rushing yards. He had over twice as many rushing yards as the next highest person on the team, and I think this volume of both passing and rushing not only led to him being the number one overall quarterback in fantasy, but also led to the Seahawks going up to draft a running back with their first uh, draft, their first round draft pick. I think I do. I think the news of a knee injury to Baldwin that will keep him sidelined for all of the preseason is incredibly worrisome. I think you kind got to combine that with the loss of his second and third best receiving options in Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. And I kind of make him a risky pick with how high he's going. I you know, assuming everything, assuming assuming Baldwin's healthy and everything else is okay, I kind of still like him as quarterback three or four. Um, really, only behind Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and potentially Cam Newton. And to talk about Doug Baldwin, who last year had seventy-five receptions, nine hundred ninety-one yards, eight touchdowns, nearly eclipsed that thousand mark in twenty seventeen. He has a knee injury that doctors say will keep him out for all of the preseason and potentially not be available for Week One. But the upside for him is absolutely tremendous. I mean, the loss of Graham and Richardson frees up 178 targets in this offense. I think Brandon Marshall is pretty much washed up at this point. I think Tyler Lockett is really just a deep threat, um, which leaves Baldwin to just be an absolute target hog. I think he has one of the highest ceilings in the league for receivers. Um, I think, assuming he's healthy, i like him at wide receiver 10. Lockett is a super by low target as well to potentially maybe get over 100 targets should anything continue on with this injury. And then we'll talk about the running game with Rashad Penny. So new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer is uh, pretty intent on running the ball, but I think the problem is, is the Seahawks O-line, which was one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. PFF rated them at 28. They didn't really make any major moves to improve it. I think considering how frequently the Seahawks changed their change hands for the starting running back position. You got Eddie Lacey at 69 attempts. JD McKissick at 46 attempts. Thomas Rawls at 58. Mike Davis at 68. I really don't see any reason why I should pick uh, this player for fantasy. I think it's a total stay away position for me and could turn into a, a mess to try to just get a hot hand. So 2018 season, I think this team has become a shell of the 2013 team that won the Super Bowl they're no longer the powerhouse defense that shut down Peyton Manning. They're no longer the dominant running team with Marshawn Lynch. I think this team has a lot of work to do just to keep them from having a losing season, let alone make the playoffs. So I think a seven and nine year is likely to come for the Seattle Seahawks. And that is it. We went rapid fire, breaking down the NFC North, NFC West divisions. Please follow us on iTunes at the BBB podcast on Twitter at the BBB pod. Leave us a five-star review if you're feel- feeling, generous and we will be back to start breaking down the AFC divisions uh, very soon. So for now, I'm your host, Joy Morales. See you later, folks.